Okay, let us uh, bow in prayer. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. All right, hello again to Sanctuary and uh, those of us here. Let me begin with a question about sermon titles. Do you think that the sermon title is important? Actually, I'm not waiting for your answer. It's okay. It seems to me as a preacher, sermon titles are important. Uh, they should, how do you say, um, conceal as well as reveal. And uh, at least it should make the people curious. So today, our title is The Barney Provocation. Curious? No, okay, never mind. Uh, a confession here, the form of the title is inspired by the late, the author, the late Robert Ludlum. Uh, anyone here not heard of Jason Bourne? We had one, uh, no, okay. Okay, who have heard? I mean, just say, Jason Bourne, okay. Some, I think those who are honest covers about one-tenth of the people. Um... So here it's inspired by things like the born identity, then there's what? Superiority and ultimatum, etc. And uh, Ludlum's title is always the something something. So besides born identity, there's Reinman Exchange, Osterman Weekend, Holcroft Covenant. You may or may not know this, the younger guys probably haven't a clue what I'm talking about. But go to Wikipedia and you will be educated. So today for us, the title is The Barney Provocation. Um, how, what has this got to do with comfort, encouraging and uh, comforting or encouraging and stimulating one another? Well, uh, you just wait a while, there's some method in the seeming madness. Once again, just like Lunar New Year, this is a major point, minor point sermon. So let's start with the major point. Why Barney? Well, firstly, change picture. There is nothing to do with this fellow um, that so many children love. Just curious, how many of you don't know about Barney the dinosaur? Anybody here? At our eight? The clock, there was one person, rather senior citizen, but I confirmed, no grandchildren. Any one with grandchildren, obviously, or young children, but no. Um, I have my own version of the Barney the Dinosaur theme song. I want, I don't care whether you want to hear it or not, I'm going to sing it to you. <coughs> Barney was a dinosaur from our imagination. Only problem is he had purple inflammation. <laughs> right or wrong? <laughs> if you want the actual version, please go to YouTube. I can't remember the... Once I did this, I can't remember the original version already. Um, okay. For us today, however, Barney is short form for Barnabas. A name given to a biblical character. All of us should know him. Because uh, Paul's companion, whom we first meet in Acts 4.36, originally called Joseph, 
the apostles renamed him Barnabas. Uh, we are told in Aramaic, actually meaning son of the prophet. Bar, son of, as in Albin, and prophet Nabia, or in Hebrew, Navi. But in Acts, it is translated in New Testament Greek, the text, son of encouragement. Also could be consolation or comfort. And that is our introduction, introduction to the New Testament concept of comfort and encouragement. Actually, both words come from the same word in the biblical text. The word or the family of words, um, only the context decides whether it is translated comfort or encourage. In English, however, we think that the two meanings, comfort and encourage, are quite distinct. For example, we think of comfort as easing someone's uh, feelings of grief or pain or distress. From exa for example, from this very famous author called Anonymous, this is uh, what I'm going to read. Anonymous says, A little girl came home from a neighbor's house where her little friend had died. Where did you go? her father asked. To comfort her mother, the girl said. Now what could you do to comfort her? I climbed into her lap and cried with her. It's one of the best comfort stories I've ever heard. What about encouragement? Well, dictionary says this is giving someone support, hope, uh, cheering them on. I think Mandarin's called Jia Yu, correct? That's encouragement. Are we agreed? Something like that. Um, story. How? What is encouragement like? This lady called Joan Unger writes about a woman traveling uh, in the mountains and taking in their unsurpassed beauty. She was on the road driving and as she rounded a curve, she was surprised to see that the road seemed to lead straight into the face of the mountain. The road kept narrowing and narrowed to one lane. And as she drove closer, she saw only a sliver of an opening into a tunnel. It was so narrow, it looked almost impossible for her to drive through without scraping her car against the walls. Then she saw a handwritten sign on the right of the tunnel entrance, left by someone who had passed that way before. It just proclaimed, yes, you can. I suppose that is our view of encouragement. However, in the New Testament, both comfort and encouragement come from these words. Paraklesis, which is the noun, and parakaleo, which is the verb. Both can be translated comfort or encouragement. Comes <coughs> from para, beside, side, parallel lines, you know. And kaleo means to call. Literally, it means to call to one's side. To be with or to walk beside. To be with beside or to walk beside. So, the New Testament biblical meaning and the heart of comfort and encouragement is to walk with, to be there for someone. Repeat. Comfort and encouragement in the New Testament biblical sense is to walk with and to be there for someone. Um, this is the word Paul uses in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. This is what Paul writes, Blessed 
be the God. Change slide, please. Can we change slide? Sorry. Blessed, 2 Corinthians S. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us with all, in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction and with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. You could easily have been translated the same, the Father of mercies and all encouragement who encourages us in all our affliction so that we may be able to encourage those who are in affliction, etc., etc. It could have been like that. But because of affliction, it is more suitable to translate it comfort. So this tells us that the source of Christian comfort and encouragement is God himself. And when we comfort and encourage others or one another, we are basically channels of what God does for us. Let's look at Hebrews uh, 10, verses 24 and 25. The writer of Hebrews says, Let us consider how we may stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some, but encouraging, we could say comforting one another, all the more as you see the day drawing near. In verse 25, the word translated and encouraged is the same word as uh, what Paul used, which is translated comfort. By the way, that you do you know that in the original of verse 25, the one another is actually absent. It literally just says, and encouraging all the more. So this tells us the importance of the alelon, the one another. Even when it is not there, it is imputed, it is assumed, it is put in. Because that's the only way it makes sense. So Hebrews 10.25 says, encourage or comfort one another. Now further to this, there is a cousin word to the two that we've seen, and that word is parakletos, which is the origin of the English word paraclete. And this word is used by Jesus in John 14.16. And this is what John 14.16 says, Jesus is waiting for the slide to be changed. <laughs> because no, I cannot say it. <laughs> Thank you. And Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, parakletos, to be with you forever. Who is Jesus referring to? The Holy Spirit. Here, the word translated helper is parakletos. But other places, it is translated advocate, counselor, comforter, even redeemer. It could also be translated encourager. Parakletos is the one who brings comfort and encouragement. It is the major drop description of the Holy Spirit. Besides this, Jesus says that the parakletos is another counselor, another comforter. And the word for another here, Jesus uses the word alos. In English, another means another. But in Greek, it can make a difference. Alos means another of the same kind. 
He could have used heteros, as in heterogeneous in English, which means another of a different kind. So, when Jesus says another comforter, counselor, encourager, another of the same kind, same kind as what? He himself. So the Holy Spirit is the same kind as Jesus himself. What does this all mean? Well, when we are called to comfort and encourage one another, we are involved in the ministry and work of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. It is Trinitarian ministry and work. 2 Corinthians, we say, we learn that God is the comforter and encourager, and because He does that to us, we can do the same. The Holy Spirit, described by Jesus, is the other comforter and encourager, because He sent from God to be just like Jesus to us. And therefore, the, the only logical conclusion is that Jesus also is the comforter, encourager, because he walks with us and beside us. He's the one called to our side, as he did with his disciples at Emmaus. So the Father is comforter, encourager. Jesus, the Son, is comforter, encourager. And the Holy Spirit is comforter, encourager. And therefore, we are called to do the same, to be Comfort and encourages to one another as well. Did you get that? Yeah, okay? Made my case? Yeah. We also just need to know that in Romans 12, uh, 8, it, the, the work of comforting and encouraging is also a spiritual gift, which means that there are those of us, um, although all of us are called to this responsibility, there are those who are specially gifted in this ministry and in this area. And if you've got that gift, please exercise it to the full and bring comfort and encouragement to the body of Christ. So say again, that's why we are called to comfort and encourage one another. When we do this, we engage in the work of the Father, Son and Spirit. So enough theory and theology. What does this look like in real life, in the flesh? Well, I, was, I, was, I saw on my Facebook there's this post about um, this person called Wong who writes about his flight, he and his family, flight on the local budget carrier. And this is what the post says. We flew from the Gold Coast to Singapore on Saturday, 14th January 2017, very recently. On, on approaching the plane along the tarmac, my three-year-old son had an unexpected... Um, meltdown based on his fear of the big plane and he refused to go any further. My wife ended up having to carry him up the steps and into the cabin, though he was still crying inconsolably and holding to her onto her for dear life. One of the crew members on that flight, name badge, badge name, Winnie Faith, helped to calm him down. Speaking to him in Mandarin, his primary language, and promising to take him to see clouds later on during the flight. So, Cheche Winnie, you see the picture there, uh, checked and interacted with him almost every time she went past and attached to the photo of her keeping her earlier promise. 
this uh, person concludes, I wish to publicly commend her for helping to turn what was initially looking like a long and possibly unpleasant flight for us into one that ended up being fairly uneventful and an overall pleasant experience. Now, I don't know if Jeje Winnie was a Christian or is a Christian, but she did the comfort and courage alilon to a T. And this is what the Bible means for us to do in real life. We are to comfort and encourage one another to be alongside, to be with each other. And remember again, when we do this, we are doing God work, Trinity work. And that's the end of the major point. I think can, huh? Okay, let's go back to Hebrews 10.24, which says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Now is the minor point. Now almost all the one another's are positive. Actions, positive actions, and um, maybe one exception could be last week's admonish one another. But as we saw, uh, it means more than just scolding. Um, but in Hebrews 10.24, what is translated stimulate um, in the book Authentic Relationships and stir up in the English Standard Version are actually what I would call polite understatements. The New Testament word is paroxymos, from which we get the English paroxysm, which in English, the English word means sudden attack or outburst of emotion or activity, recurrence, recurrent attack of a disease, like a coughing spasm, a fit, a convulsion, a seizure, eruption, even explosion. Now, although Hebrews 10.24, um, the translations vary among uh, different Bible texts, uh, Bible translations, this translated could be spur, stimulate, encourage, motivate, excite, arouse. The most accurate, I hate to say, is the King James Version which says, provoke one another. Why? Because the original word is violent. Hence, you get, um, okay, it literally means to sharpen, um, especially in feelings or actions. You see, you get spur. Spur, which is uh, a sharp object being poked into the side of a horse to get it going. It means to irritate, exasperate, goad, um, incite. You know our world-famous Pastor Frank. He says, he will, sometimes he says he wants to toto you. You know what's toto now? In Malay, means poke. Uh, now, that's the closest Malay word to what the Bible says. And when in Acts 15.39, it says this, There rose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Who's the day? The disagreement was between Barnabas and Paul. The word for sharp disagreement is the word paroxymos. So if Paul 
and Barnabas had a paroxysmos and they split apart. When they separate ways, why are you supposed to paroxysmos one another? To love and good works, how can it be? Isn't it a severe con- contradiction? So, sharp disagreement actually is a polite translation again. It actually means Paul and Barnabas had a super duper big fight. And that's why they split. So why on earth paroxysmos one another? Well, I suppose you have to think of it in its best sense of the word. The best sense of the word. The possible, best possible sense of a violent word. Sometimes, it seems, people need an extraordinary motivation or stimulus to love and to do good works. So, some provocation, in inverted commas, may be necessary. It's a violent sounding word. It's a hyperbole. It is used to describe this alelon. Sometimes God motivates us through pain and through provocation. You think of Paul who complained about the thorn in the flesh. But out of it came out such wonderful statements. Strength made perfect in weakness. His grace is sufficient for me. Well, maybe this little story will help. A lady called Helen Many years ago, says she was driving in North Africa, came upon two men attempting to push an ambulance off the road. Ambulance had apparently run out of petrol, and so she got down and offered to take the driver to the next village to find some uh, fuel. But first, she suggested we'd better uh, finish getting pushing the vehicle off the road. Thanks, the driver said, got into the steering wheel got to the steering. See, he expects the woman to push him to drive. So, so she was saying she was puffing and sweating with the other guy. Eventually pushed the ambulance off the road. Then it occurred to her, as she looked at his unhappy expression, that the ambulance had to been heading toward the hospital. So fearing the worst, and pointing to the ambulance, she asked him in a whisper, is the patient seriously ill? Patient! He shouted, I am the patient. I think that qualifies for paroxysmos. I don't know about you. <clears throat> but maybe I should give you a more uh, orthodox example of what we mean when we are called to provoke one another to love and good works. This report was published in the Straits Times, August 4th, 2015. I'd like to read the story to you. Young waitress's act of kindness to her two weary firefighters recently triggered a touching chain of events that went viral. Mr. Tim Young and Paul Hullings had spent 12 hours combating a blaze that broke out in a warehouse in New Jersey. And they were looking to eat breakfast at the diner on the morning of July 23rd. The diner's waitress of seven years, Miss Liz Woodward, you can see her, had been serving them and learned of the efforts to put out the fire, having also followed it on the news. The 20-year-old lady paid for their bill out of her own pocket and wrote them a thank you note which you see 
also in the picture. This was their first meal in over 24 hours. And the least I could do was to buy it for them, for all that they do every day, she wrote on the website. The firefighters were reportedly moved to tears by her heartfelt message, with Mr. Young uh, taking to his Facebook to express his gratitude. His posts were shared more than 3,500 times. But then they discovered that the waitress's father, Liz's father, was a quadriplegic, which means he cannot walk, and had been attempting, and she had been attempting to raise funds to buy him a wheelchair accessible, a wheelchair accessible van through a, compa- uh, a campaign website. I suppose now you call it crowdfunding. Mr. Young's appeal for help was covered by the media, attracted many donors for the campaign, including an anonymous donation of $5,000. And in total, it raised $69,000. The original target was US $17,000. Apart from the fact that you can buy a Wheelchair accessible van in the U.S. for 17,000 U.S. dollars. Okay, never mind. That's just words of envy, but never mind. Um, so both the gentlemen uh, have seen since met the father and they reminisce and reflected about amazing events. Mr. Halling said, we are not just firefighters. We are also caring people who want to be part of everybody's life. To which Liz replied, all I did was pay for their breakfast. I didn't think anything would come about except that they would leave with the smile. Message is to be kind to each other, to pay it forward when you can. Even the smallest gestures can change somebody's life. So that's why the Bible tells us, provoke one another Stimulate one another to love and good works. So, that's the minor part. And that's why today we have the Barney provocation. Let's learn to love people by comforting, encouraging, and dare we say, even provoking one another. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you are the source of our encouragement and our comfort. Forgive us when we need provocation before we do love and good. Help us, O Lord, to do the work of the Trinity. Help us to love and encourage each other. Help us to stir one another up to love and good works because we know that when we do this we do your work also in Jesus name we pray Amen